This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of morning doc here we go again hey gordon how's it going Really good. I'm I'm starting to really get into the swing of this uh, marketer of the year event, and I'm I'm really excited to see how it plays out because we've had some fantastic insights for our listeners on you know cutting edge marketing in this country. So yeah, yeah. all good to go. Really excited. Yeah, we have a, a good. I mean, there's some great guys. You know, I mean the the candidates are, are top of the pops. You know, and, and you'd say, well, it's obvious. It's called marketer of the year, and you'd expect that. But I mean, you know, sometimes in a lot of years, you know, you don't always get the guys who are really on the top of the game. And I think today is no exception. I mean, the guy's running one of the biggest brands on the African continent, Talani Sebeka. Talani, thanks very much for joining us. Welcome from Senate Bank. And uh, first up, before you say hello, well done on uh, being a finalist of the Market of the Year. Thank you so much, Doug. Uh, it's quite an honor to be part of this special group of colleagues. Yeah, thanks. And I think, you know, Gordon, just again, uh, to re-emphasize to, to listeners out there, you know, we've tried and we try in this year to try and make it as robust as possible. So I've done not, not just our podcast, but I've interviewed 18 people around all of the nominations. You know what I mean? So in other words, up sideways into the channel, partners, franchises, to get an overall view of each candidate. So, And we're going to score that against 10-point scoring grid, a, a rubric that is that is weighted per category. And we've got some heavy hitters on the judging panel. So you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm stating obviously, I think the winner is going to be the winner. You know, you're going to get a good winner. Yeah, look, I, that's impressed me. You know, one from my little media lens, I don't often get this kind of in-depth exposure. So I've been really encouraged to see the level of scrutiny that that's going into this. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. this. Is going to be a proper winner? Um, and uh, yeah. But this is your show. But I, now, before I'm, I'm we get, get into the, the no, but, but <laughs> hold on now. Before we get into the serious stuff of the day, and it's not that serious. I mean, Delaney wants to chat Arsenal and Chiefs with you. 
Gee whiz. No, no, I try. You see, I try to stay out of this, okay? But I can't. I've been sucked into this whole thing. Are we on the same side of the fence, Atul? I think we should avoid painful things like (laughs) this. Wow, man. But Arsenal is getting better these days. Yeah, yeah, we are indeed. And uh, some encouraging signs. And, you know, I think for me, if there's a difference between the two, um, at least with Arsenal, I'm seeing young players. You know, I, I don't mind being in the middle of the league if you're playing the youngsters because I can see the future. Yep. I'm not sure that that's playing out with Chiefs right now. I mean, I'd halve the age and improve the results would be my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely a revamp uh, might help uh, on the yellow shirts. But uh, on the Arsenal front, I mean, the young talent gives us hope for the future. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Well, moving on <laughs> from moving that, on to the lesser issue of the marketing over the year. 25 minutes discussing <laughs> it. I think, Tilani, first up, I mean, let's just talk about the biggest campaign, the biggest piece of work that you got involved in last year. And it was massive. Uh, and your whole repositioning of Standard Bank to it can be from, uh, you know, from where it was across the African continent. So please just take us through the thinking, the logic, how it came about, how you sold it to your board and obviously the support that you that you got and continue to get across the way. Super. No, thank you so much. It was indeed one of our biggest initiatives in the last few years, uh, both exciting and daunting at the same time. Um, the genesis of the whole thing was when we just took some scrutiny uh, of the brand. We asked ourselves, do we have a trusted brand? And definitively, we could say yes. And then we asked ourselves, can it make us win? That's when we started having shaky ground answers. And it was evident then that, you know, it had been 10 years of moving forward. There was so much change around the organization and outside the organization. As they say, when there's more change outside than there is inside, you should be worried. And we saw that despite the strength of the brand, it had opportunities for revitalization, to make it more human, and more importantly, to make it more distinctive. And it was at that point that we started the work of exploring And I say exploring because that's exactly what it was. We spoke to uh, customers, employees, and the general public in four countries, including South Africa. And the purpose of doing so across different countries, obviously being a pan-African organization, we wanted to make sure that we don't end up with a brand that resonates in South Africa, Mm. but is a complete disaster in Nigeria. And in that um, exploration, I think the richness came from the cultural context. It was amazing to see some of the parallels across the different countries. You know, many of us know of hustlers, Mm. and it's a phenomenon that is prevalent uh, across the different countries. And by the end of the day, the universal insight that we landed on was that Africa is a continent of dreamers, believers, and doers. Mm. And yet, within that, there are so many inhibitors that can prevent the achievement uh, of those dreams. And with some analytics and exploration, um, we ended up with a new brand promise that says, we find new ways to make dreams possible. How did we get there? We landed on a point of view that says, dreams matter and they fuel growth. As a result, with Standard Bank, we believe that 
for employees, for clients, for communities, we can enable them to achieve their dreams and express as it can be. And I mean, a, a big well done. And I think, you know, Gordon, we've spoken before, money matters. You know what I mean? Money is so important. And as a major bank, as, as Africa's leading bank, um, and, and again, I've made, I've used this phrase before, it's head boy, head girl marketing. It's what I expect of the head boy, you know, the brand of responsibility. And I think your point is, as a young continent, a young continent fueled by growth, and I mean, I've read up uh, in preparation for this podcast, some of your comments around dreams matter and, and the fact that, you know, you do need to have that vision, have that dream, and, and obviously, you know, take it into, into reality, into, into doing so. A big well done. And again, I wish you guys well as you roll out that, that journey across, across the continent. No, thank you so much. Um, it was an exciting place to land at. And even more interesting for us, even the very notion of the payoff line, you know, we believe that at its core, it's about belief and hope. And more than that, it's an attitude. Mm -hmm. And we thought there is so much power in that when brands can speak corporate speak and we can come across speaking human speak and it was you know not planned of course that we would end up with covid mm. and that posed different uh, challenges and opportunities and that was an interesting phase uh, of our launch also yeah i think one of the things that, you know that you have phrased which really intrigued me and i think back to the early days when i was involved with some of the brands going into africa we I think we were quite arrogant at the time. We were trying to export what we thought was you know, a superior South African perspective. How do you how have you managed to balance the South Africanness um, of the brand with the the Africanness of the of the dreamer uh, scenario that you've you've painted? I mean, and and once you've got that Pan African kind of positioning. What latitude or how do you go about creating latitude in marketing terms for the expression of that country by country? That's a very important question. And I think as South Africans, we've matured over time because there's a lot of scars mm. that brands have learned oh, uh, yeah. painfully so. Oh, yes. um, and, you know, being a pan-African organization, not only is there maturity in the organization, but there's a lot of respect you look at our talent, it comes from everywhere. And so it was embedded and more natural that we take a view that there isn't one source, but there's a, we are seeking a universality about it. And what we did, um, even as we were developing uh, this, our workshops included people from different parts of the continent. Our workshops included people outside of marketing from different businesses of PBB, CIB, and wealth because we were particularly concerned and committed to ensure that this is not a marketing initiative. This is an enterprise initiative because the brand permeates everything that we do. And the worst that could happen is to land up with something that works in only one country or just appealing for one client segment. Even when it came to the launch itself, um, we created an umbrella and gave complete latitude to the markets. If you see what the Malawian team did, very different from the team in Nigeria, and still very different from what happened in Kenya uh, or Tanzania. And that's the power of it because 
as a, a multinational brand that we are, we know that we win according to the resonance that we strike in each and every market where we compete. And we are blessed with exceptional talent um, across uh, the region. So it's not even an option to try to constrain and prescribe to people who know their markets best and can do it better. Uh, I mean, how on earth from Johannesburg can we tell somebody in Kampala yeah. uh, what would be most relevant um, or in Abuja uh, yeah. for that matter? So it, it, it was part natural, um, it was part ready, and it was also consistent um, with our, our business model. And, you know, even in the time that um, I've been at the bank, this community of marketers and having ideas flowing both ways across different markets, regardless of size of budgets you hold, um, has been a fantastic strength for the organization. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, Tulani, that's wonderful. And I mean, you've written and spoken uh, many times about a team, a team effort. There's there's no doubt. I mean, you know, that's not one person. Although you, the person today is the pinnacle of your team and hats off to you and your whole team. And I think the one thing we speak about, and, and, and I guess for listeners out there, is to listen to the words of, of being humble yet confident, you know, having an umbrella brand so you can't flip-flop. And then within that is allow those nuances and richness of the tapestry of, of Africa to permeate and to come out, you know, that, that at least you have the confidence within yourself as the CMO to allow your people to grow. And that's such an important point. And I know in chatting um, with your, your head of HR the other day, she was talking about how closely you work. So again, I just want you to maybe, if you don't mind, spend a minute or so just talking about your philosophy and marketing, and importantly, how to grow people and bring them along. So that, that crossover between what was traditionally, I guess, HR or people or talent, but uh, you know, today it's marketing. You made the point, nothing is a silo. No, it is so critical. And I'm a firm believer of um, the richness uh, of teams. Um, the nature and quality of teams is very much enabled by diversity. But not only that, creating an environment that enables all ideas to come to the surface. I always say that, you know, people should not underestimate the power of their ideas. It has nothing to do with rank. Um, it has nothing to do with location, but it's the merit uh, of the idea. And one of the ways, you know, uh, of promoting such is that even when we have discussions, even if it's, let's say, review of creative material, um, we allow the most junior people to speak first so that they are not overwhelmed by a senior view and be tempted to gravitate to support that, and they speak freely. And even when it comes to differing opinions, um, it's so empowering and refreshing for young people to hear a leader says, oh, I didn't think of that, okay, then you may be right. But it's evident in the living um, more than in the pronouncements. But indeed, um, and as you recruit, as you maintain and grow great talent, it becomes even easier to do that because you can imagine if um, you empower where there's no capability, that would be suboptimal. Mm. Um, 
But the amazing thing is that, you know, people with the right attitude who are given the space and challenged, it's amazing how people rise to the challenge um, when given the opportunity. So um, it, it's something that we endeavor to do um, as much as possible. And, and I think, you know, just, just leading on with that, and, and I know in talking to quite a few people that you are a learning organization, a lot of your people are constantly upgrading their skills. Gordon, you and I have spoken at length now to, and I always want to say, I always gravitate because I'm old now, I always gravitate to young marketers, but it's actually nonsense. To anybody listening out there, you're either growing or you're not growing. It's it's kind of, you have to stay on the curve. And I think, you know, Talani, just one of the points you're making there, you know, giving latitude to, it's, it's a, that age old sort of, um, it used to be called situational leadership, you know, maturity of the individual and with skill based on the, and the complexity of the task. So as a leader, you need to know where your people sit. Yeah. So you can't give a junior person with the best will in the world a highly complex task and then get cross when they fail unless you've provided that training and skills. And so, yeah, I don't want to go into the whole situational leadership, but certainly that's one of the aspects. And I know that you guys as a massive organization are continuously pushing uh, in developing staff and people, which is wonderful. Most definitely. And you've touched on the partnership that we've had with um, the HC colleagues. You know, for the first time in the longest time in Standard Bank, we have the employee promise, the people promise, as we call it, um, that is so integrated and aligned to the brand promise. The power of that is just huge because... First, it starts with the organization's mindset that says, for us to be able to have amazing client experiences outside, it has to start with you know, great employee experiences. And therefore, this alignment is also fertile ground for possible brand ambassadors. Um, Standard Bank as an organization has about 50,000 employees. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine if we get into the hearts of these people, for them to say, I do not only work here, but I have so much conviction about what this organization is about. Mm -hmm. And when this organization says, we find new ways to make dreams possible, we want people say to say, I want to be a part of it, and I'm going to play my part in enabling uh, people's dreams. So that partnership uh, with my colleague uh, Sharon, together with our teams, um, was just simply magic. Yeah. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. It's, yeah. a, it's a head and heart, you know. Yeah. So again, I don't want to take up all the no, airtime. No, no, Gordon, no, you go for it. No, you're, no, you're on a roll. No, go for it's it. just, you know, I mean, you were talking about the vision and, and, and buying in. Um, I had the privilege of uh, some years ago uh, attending uh, the McDonald's training with HMU, they call it, in, in Chicago. And in order to, to get there, you have to pre-kind of qualify. And the starting point is to listen to audio footage of Ray Kroc speaking way back. Literally, they've got footage or, you know, or, of the guy speaking about his vision. And to hear Ray Kroc talking you know, 50, 60 years later about his vision for McDonald's yeah. was just so motivating that by the time you're getting to do the hard grind, yeah. um, you've bought in already. And I, and I think it's wonderful that you can't build, or to my mind, I've not seen a lot of evidence to suggest you can build a winning brand without bringing your 50,000 people along with you. I think that's very encouraging. Indeed. But one of the 
price or penalties one might pay for being fluid and being kind of experimental, to my mind, is is over the last five or six years, I'm a bit confused about you know where Standard Bank sits as a brand. Um, I don't know, you know, and we've kind of alluded to this a little earlier, whether it's what's next moving forward and how do you manage that process uh, of being adaptable, allowing the brand to express itself and grow, but not losing sight of, of, of a baseline? Yes, no, that, that's very important. And this is where, you know, the element of consistency balanced with relevance within segments is important. Being a universal um, bank, we serve different client segments and of course the brand payoff line was moving forward and in that space we also had room for campaigns for different um, segments and in some ways it possibly reflects how the decline of the strength of moving forward had become when a campaign like what's your next mm. just became so powerful mm and did the job so well and not surprisingly because you know the retail business is the more mass uh, it has more reach and so it was natural that it would stand out um, and but also there was also a reflection of having different uh, agency teams who are partnering on the same brand which sometimes it's great for a bigger pool of ideas, but at times the price you pay mm. is that you can come across uh, in different ways. So What's Your Next was a fantastic um, campaign, but what was more critical going forward is that we show up as one standard bank, have what I would call the DNA and the constitution under it can be, and still have room for each of the segments to elevate their value propositions, but in a way that complements the foundational brand promise and still becoming uh, relevant and resonating with the different client segments. I think talking about resonating, one of the things that resonates with me um, working on Standard Bank a good 15, 20 years ago now um, was that Standard Bank was talking attribution modeling long before the phrase had even been heard and I was being asked to do stuff uh, regarding efficacy that had never been uh, mm. kind of lobbed at me before. So how do you balance that out? I mean, from a, my, now my media lens, um, you know, big budgets are great, lots of exposure, but how are you kind of modifying your media thinking to, to bring it back in line with the, the efficacy? What works and what doesn't work as opposed to what looks kind of attractive out there? We have been fortunate in that in the digital world that we live in, we have far more data than we used to have. And thankfully with technology, we also have lots of processing power to be able to analyze the data to get intelligence uh, out of that. I think the first thing is that when it comes to um, the way we approach marketing, um, the basics still remain the client and the insights about the client, that's the foundation and the genesis uh, of where things uh, come. Um, where things differ more compared to 10 years ago is that it is so much harder to reach 
these people because in the past our audiences would be concentrated in a few channels mm -hmm. as we all know yeah. but now you almost have to consider the audience of one yeah. um, and the beauty is that this has converged at the time where the capabilities to do that have also grown so we've invested a lot uh, in technology um, for us to be able to do some of these things and we are getting better at using data which we collect ourselves uh, through different ways um, when people interact with us directly uh, as a bank but also we have capabilities um, of also monitoring um, things they search for how they respond to advertising online and all of this helps us to tweak and refine as you were suggesting that sometimes we go out with a certain message and you know within a week or two if certain engagement parameters point to a certain direction you are able to say okay maybe let's refine in some cases we take different approaches and be able to say okay this one seems to get better feedback and engagement mm. and this also translates uh, into our performance marketing in that you know in the last few years our efficiency and conversion rates have become so much better and that is because the spray and pray is getting less and less as we become more capable um, in targeting and we avoid also swamping people um, with things that they do not need so I, I would say that you know um, effectiveness in terms of media has gotten so much better. We have a long way to go, I must admit, but we are in a far stronger place than we were even three or five years ago. Now, that's encouraging. And I think, you know, talking about swamping people is intriguing. There's so much focus still on people who think they need to create more reach when in actual fact, the genuine wastage that's happening is is from swamping. It's over exposure rather than under exposure that's costing marketers these days. But Doc, I see you've you've got about ten lines of notes here, so I'm gonna just <laughs> well, drink, we're not gonna, shut up know, and drink my gin. Yeah, you know, Gordon, you don't. It's not every day we get uh, you know sort of top marketers in in here. You know, so we've and we've been very blessed to have a, a fantastic lineup of of people over the last year. Tulani, just a question, and, and we we speaking about all the stuff you're doing and 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 growing, and and sometimes no is also an answer. And when I get to no, it's uh, Standard Bank and SA Cricket. There you said no more. We're not going to go forward with our very public uh, sponsorship. And it, mm -hmm. it was really part of, of South African society. You know, So do you mind just taking us through, and obviously not the sensitive issues, just the issues you can share with us in terms of the thinking, the logic. And then again, I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to or if you're prepared to talk about a little bit of the future of sponsorships. It's such an important part. Passion branding, you know, as you get close to people and, they can, and you can speak to people in their downtime, in their dwell time. Thanks, Doug. Um, it is true that sponsorships are a key pillar uh, of brand development and connecting with customers. And for us, uh, cricket was one of the flagships. Um, not surprising because, you know, a lot of our customers love cricket. And the other reason why it was so important to us is that as an organization that is about growth, we are committed to sports or to arts, and part of that commitment is about development of talent, which we're able to do um, with cricket. And 
as you rightly say, uh, in our last year of the sponsorship, we decided not to renew um, the agreement with CSA when it ended. And being honest, it was a very difficult decision. Um, we had to take into account what our customers think and feel. We had to consider what our employees feel. And another difficult thing, we recognize our role as corporates in funding these types of things that they contribute to the development of society. Mm. Sports and the arts are very important um, in the health um, of society. But in the end, what ultimately made us decide not to renew is that there were a series of developments which made it clear that the CSA and the cricket property that we had signed up to, it had gotten to a point of so much harm in terms of reputation. And as much as we would have loved to assist um, at the time, we just couldn't see a way through beyond what was happening at the time. And um, sadly, we had to separate, which I must also say that it was an amicable um, though difficult uh, separation. So where are we now? In our quest to look for properties, obviously we're using a different lens now, which is the new promise of finding new ways to make dreams possible. So our partnerships that we would explore, whether we develop properties on our own or we partner with an existing one, the idea of dreams enabling and winning um, would be some of the considerations. Mm. And of course, um, taking into account our different client segments, that's another lens. We look at our portfolio and see where do we have gaps uh, to close. Um, so we are in that phase right now. That's great. And I mean, we look forward, I certainly look forward to seeing, you know, what that is going to be uh, because it's such a public brand and, and uh, it's certainly part of, of the fabric of society. I've just got, yeah, I, I'm conscious of time, but there's one thought that popped in my mind, um, which I haven't addressed in any of the marketing sessions we've had yet. Um, and you thought and we have to address it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but, you know, your emphasis on customer has, has been replayed to me and it just occurred to me, from a marketing perspective, I mean, from a media perspective, this is an easy thing to do, my question. But from a marketing perspective, how do you, what's the difference between marketing to a customer versus a non-customer or a prospective customer? How do, you, how do you evolve a formula for those? Yeah, I mean, let's start with the obvious. When you are marketing to a customer, you have a relationship. You can count on some affinity and also there's something that you know about that customer. So the challenge is different from when you have a non-customer who you would love for them to become a customer. What is fascinating though, is that you learn so much from those who are already your customers mm. to be more effective in reaching out to those who are not yet customers. But in both instances, respect is quite key because even the customers that we have, they have a choice to choose somebody else mm. today and tomorrow. So it's a kind of relationship that 
requires nurturing um, all the time. You have to keep reinforcing the value that you give. Yeah. And this is one of the powers of social media. You know, uh, in the old days, the decision funnel was quite linear, you know, from awareness all the way to loyalty. But what we've since learned over time is that people are perpetually moving through different parts of this funnel. And amazingly, people use social media to, and web, I must add, to reinforce the decisions that they have made already. Yeah, yeah. So to my point of existing customers, you always have to have content that reinforces the decision that they are with the right brand, with the right partner. Yep. At the same time as you keep trying to build new relationships with new customers. And, and, and then to get them to the point of brand ambassadorship, which is obviously the next level of, indeed, uh, of indeed. commitment. Yeah. Indeed. Doc, I, I've had a good time. I'm going to let you wrap. Uh, yeah. And uh, again, just, you know, congratulations to Lonnie, you know, making it at the finalist list. I'm really getting excited about this now. And uh, <laughs> I've got to wait a couple more days and uh, we'll see who's going to make it through. Uh, yeah. But great job, Doc. Well Absolutely. done uh, to Thanks. you and the marketing uh, marketer of the year team yeah. generally. It's, it's, it's a super concept. Thanks, Gordon. Yeah, as I say, it's uh, it's been fun. It's been, it's been a long journey with, with us and uh, and a robust one. You know, I'd like to say it's been it's been pretty robust. Delaney, yeah. thanks very much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. Unfortunately, you know, time flies when you're having fun. We could have been chatting for a lot longer. And and I'm, I'm both Gordon and I, I've got a lot of questions we can't ask you. Um, just if people want to get hold of you, you know, if how do they? Are you on social platforms? Can they get hold of you at the bank? How does how does it work? What's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, I think the most common is through social media. I'm relatively active uh, in LinkedIn. When I say relatively, at least every day, okay. I do go and um, share a thought or two um, and, of course, learn from others also. So LinkedIn is probably okay. the best way. Wonderful. Thanks. Well, I mean, again, you know, to our listeners out there, be part of the conversation, uh, get on LinkedIn, look up Talani uh, and be part of the dialogue. You know, I, I follow Talani. He does write a lot of interesting stuff. And and so certainly uh, be part of it. Talani, from our side, thanks very much. Good luck going into the finals. Obviously, I can't play favorites. I'm I'm judging everybody. So, uh, but yeah, you know, as you've said, uh, certainly a wonderful accolade. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. It's been an honor and thanks for the privilege just to have this conversation. It's a wonderful moment of reflection and also just for you using this platform to promote um, the marketing work, the craft and the practices that we do. Um, it's really appreciated. Thank you. Well, thanks very much. It's high praise from you. Um, to our listeners out there, until next week, we'll catch you then. Yep. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time.
The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.